0: Today's podcast guest is Sherry Sterling Fernandez. She's the author of Life Mastery, A Personal Progression Toward an Infinite Potential. She is a mentor to many people and uh, has a wonderful system of life mastery and her work and her book focuses on the areas of the physical self, the spiritual self, relationships, education, motivation, vocation, money, lifestyle, and building character. And Sherry, I'm so glad that you have joined the PCUS Diva podcast. Thank you. I'm so pleased us. to be
1: invited and to be invited on your show. I just, just couldn't be more pleased.
0: Well, I was sent your book, and it really resonated with me. Um, I'm going to read just a a brief excerpt from the, the book jacket. The purpose of life is to be happy, and happiness is the universal desire of mankind. But what makes people happy? The redwood is the tallest and most majestic of trees. However, its coniferous cone is very small, only about an inch long like the redwood cone we too are small and unimpressive in many ways but we have within us the power to be majestic each of us has an infinite amount of potential moving toward that infinite potential is the key to happiness it is a simple concept but it isn't necessarily an easy one to practice and your life mastery program provides the principles behind why we need to progress and some tools and practices for enhancing our why. And I loved that idea of happiness is moving toward our own infinite potential. Um, and that's what really brings us joy. And you know, I was thinking about that, and and I think you're you're absolutely right on. <laughs> so I loved that concept.
1: I think, you know, it's been easy to, um, it's almost easier to explain the reverse when I've done a lot of these interviews or talked with people. Everybody talks about how unhappy they are when they're stuck, right? When you just, mm-hmm. we're never stuck, we're either backsliding or moving forward, but we feel stuck and everybody knows that's miserable. Well, the exact opposite of that is to move forward, right? To be moving towards our potential, that will make us happy. And I think it's that it's easier to understand almost the reverse because we've all been there. We don't always appreciate what forward movement becoming more, how much happiness there is in just that journey, just the little steps forward.
0: Exactly. It's the taking action. Um, and I write about this in my book, Healing PCOS, is the taking action with those small steps, you know, you know deciding to have, um, you know, lots of veggies with your dinner instead of, you know, a lot of. Um, like rice or carbohydrates, I mean, that's just a tiny little step that you can make that can make such an impact um, over time. But taking action is, is so important. It's so, um, you know, and it is, I was reading your book, I, I was thinking too, of, about um, like watching people in your life as well um, taking action. And I'm thinking about my, my kids um, and living up to their potential. I and mean, that, that provided, has provided so much joy. Um, and I don't think that we think about um, seeing the joy in our own journey. Um, but anyway, I, I think that having PCOS um, and feeling sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, it kind of get keeps us stuck. Um, and my goal is to help women move beyond the pain and struggle of PCOS to live the life they were meant to live, you know, achieving their full potential, as you say, their infinite potential, um, without PCOS holding them back and, you know, um, PCOS Diva works a lot, um, with helping women with the diet changes, um, and lifestyle changes. But I think what intrigued me about your book, is these different areas of self-mastery. And you talk a great deal about relationships in your, your life. And that's really what I wanted you to um, come on the program and talk about how negative relationships can um, inhibit your infinite potential and how to um, kind of move beyond those It's it's certainly not easy to do, Um, and it's an area that I talk about in my Sparkle program when we talk about detoxing your your life from, you know, endocrine disruptors or. foods with pesticides and going more organic and looking at plastics, um, in your life. But one of the things that we, we do kind of touch upon is relationships, but I wanted to take a deeper dive with you on toxic relationships and how to kind of move beyond them in this podcast.
1: Well, first of all, say, I think you and I would have a, a lot in common. We should go to lunch someday, <laughs> so we'd be a lot the same way. Um, And I'm actually grateful that you want to talk about relationships because I just finished recording the book. And when I wrote the book, the chapter on relationships, I really felt inspired. I should include all that I included, but I wasn't, I've been teaching it for so long. I was, I was, the material felt old to me or I just, I don't know, whatever, I felt resistant in doing it. And yet that chapter has uh, resonated with a lot of people. What you're referring to in particular is the managing toxic relationships. We have, um, like, like if you have um, a need to really overhaul your diet, it can feel so daunting, right? It's like, I've got to, I eat like this, but I should be eating like that way over there. And when you know, and I know it's a little steps towards that, right? And that keeps a lot of people stuck. Relationships are the same way. We know that these relationships aren't right, but how do I get from this close relationship that's toxic or several toxic people in my life? How do I get? toxic people free <laughs> from here to where I don't have toxic people. And it's it's a daunting process. And we often love these people, which makes it more complicated. So I offer a, um, an exercise and I, I taught young adults for a long time. This particularly was useful for them is they didn't want to let go of their peeps, <laughs> but they knew they needed to, especially as they're looking towards getting married, to me, married and maybe not having so many people in their lives. So what I suggest is a, a target like and you'd have to look at the book to see it or there's a download, I think, on the, on the website for this um, diagram. But you just think about the people in your very center world and how much time you invest in them, the people you trust most, you put them in the center circle. And then, then people you trust the next amount into the next circle. Anybody that would hurt you deliberately or for their own satisfaction or even carelessness doesn't go in those inner circles, right? So you just kind of place all these people in your world. And then these people that are in your too close in your inner circles, you just move them out in your own mind a bit. Only give them the time and attention that people in the next run out would get. And then maybe you move them out again. It's hugely important. People who are toxic feed off of your efforts to help. We think we're helping them, I need, but they need me. They do not need you. You actually, I call them, we've, we've heard it referred to before as energy vampires, but they uh-huh. actually feed off of our efforts to help our efforts to care, it makes it worse. The more that we give them, the more they they pull from us. So it doesn't do anybody any good. And we can't maintain very many relationships to have toxic people in our world is, if we can help it, is counterproductive to where we wanna go. And it's just gonna hold us back.
0: Yeah, and and I I, I just to um, jump in there for a quick second. I think that the issue really comes into play when you start making different choices for yourself, more life affirming choices in in terms of the lifestyle lifestyle choices as you're moving towards your infinite potential. Those people um, in your life that uh, you know may you, you may not have always viewed them as toxic, but they become toxic as you start changing. It's almost shines a mirror. Um, on them, um, I mean, are a light on, on their habits and, you know, they don't wanna change. And so it makes it, it, it the, the relationship shifts and changes and potentially can become more uh, dis- damaging to you.
1: Does- absolutely, this is absolutely true. And you, you start making, you know, you can identify these people, maybe you haven't previously, previously identified them by if they are not enthusiastic for your improvement, if they're not supportive of the things you're doing, if they're not happy for you when you're doing well. And like you say, that you may not recognize them. I think it's not a question of them not being toxic. A toxic person is gonna always be that way or a person who's not pulling your corner, but it's more revealed as you make progress forward and they, they are not supportive or try to hold you back from those changes. If you have somebody in your role like that, and it's possible, it's time to probably let loose of them a little bit or completely if you can. Uh, sometimes we're stuck with some people. There's some people in our world that we just have to, that are there. We have Maybe we work with toxic people or we have a relative that we're not quite ready to completely jettison out of our life, but they're there. But we can reduce the amount of time, energy, effort we put into that person. And they'll probably not even notice. <laughs> maybe they will, maybe they won't uh, because they're pretty wrapped up in themselves. But they're everywhere too. Uh, toxic people or people who would hate to overuse that term but people who would look for chinks in your armor who would pull you down who would keep you wrapped up in negativity those people are just everywhere
0: yeah and you have some um some bullet points in your book you talk about and, and if you're listening kind of think about some of these relationships in your life that might meet you know you can check check off some of these um, traits. Passive aggressive behavior, bullying, controlling, demeaning, constant drama or invents drama, lack of appropriate boundaries. As you said, uh, Sherry, persistent negativity and that time or energy vampire, uh, but also somebody who is narcissistic.
1: Yes. And those are also harder to identify from the outside until you in a relationship with them. Those narcissistic people. Um, I think, I don't know, you know, I, we recognize those kind of behaviors when we talk about them. I'm not sure that a person involved in those relationships always recognize it right yeah. away for long periods of time.
0: Right? Oh. A way that I have been able to help myself identify uh, toxic relationships, you know, in my life, I think about the four S's, um, and so you can kind of categorize people in terms of those who support and stretch you. I mean, you definitely have people in your life who are cheerleaders um, that you know are happy when um, you know you're moving forward. As you kind of stay. Uh, phrased it that way, Sherry. Um, and then there's those that stretch you, you know, they, it might, they might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because they're stretching you forward to, to um, you know, so that you can, they see your infinite potential and help stretch you to um, move forward to that place. But then there's those people in your life that sabotage you and, that suck, and that it's really that energy vampire that suck the life out of you. Whether it's the the time or um, your energy, and I want to, you know, I can't avoid all of those people in my life, but I want to spend more time with those who support and and stretch me.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of the things I point out in the book is a relationship doesn't have to be toxic to still not be worth your time. Honestly, if you're an adult woman, you probably don't have time. It's just, you have children. Um, you don't have time for very many people in your world, mm-hmm. in your inner circle. And so some relationships are just simply not worth your time. They're not, they may not be totally toxic, but they're also not totally valuable either. You said, uh, talked about people who stretch and grow you. That's really important, but you do have to watch for people who, who may appear to be stretching and growing you, but they've got their own interests at heart too, right? If they don't have your interest solely in trying to stretch you it might be and then that could be tricky too it seems like they they care about me but to ask yourself truly do they and what are their motiv- is their motivation if their motivation to be honest and clear with you is your benefit then they're good people how many world there's not very many of those if they do it you know they talk about uh, people who are brutally honest and some people are more enjoy the brutality more than the honesty mm-hmm. so yeah you don't need those people in your world either so it's you know it's um one of the things about the young adults that I taught is their world was full, full of friends, but they were headed for um, marriage, family, children, that kind of thing. And they was usually married, preparing for marriage with classes that I was teaching. And um, so learning how to let those go at that time of life is really important. You don't get stuck into a place later on in life where you've got all these people and now you have to let them go, right? You can learn this early on. I tell about, I um, mean, how I taught this to a group of divorced people and they were more in the middle age. And I taught the series of workshops and I just taught this principle about moving people out. And this woman approached me. I kind of became friends with her later on, a few years later. And she said that was one of the most valuable things she'd ever learned. And so she's already you know, pushing middle age and she's just learning now how mm-hmm. to let the toxic people go. You can learn that, you know, you can learn that. Um, and we, um, can I go off on a little bit of a, a side tangent here? We host these big fingers dinners and what they are is they're groups of people. We invite just people who are positive because there's even, no matter how hard you try, and I felt this as I went through my years of personal development, trying to find people to interact with as a group with higher levels of conversation. It seemed like it was hard to get a really good conversation. And we're talking about ideas and and personal growth and ideas rather than people and movies and who's got new window coverings and that kind of thing. So we just host these dinners for young people and we just invite whoever we feel is in that category. They're so hungry for higher conversation. Mm. If you you can surround yourself with one, two, three people who will talk about ideas, talk about big ideas, talk about where they wanna go, talk about how they wanna grow, those kind of things, uh, they're rare.
0: Yeah, there's that that quote that goes something like: small people talk, small-minded people talk about people, kind of average-minded people talk about events, and higher-minded people talk about ideas. Right,
1: and hard to find those higher-minded people. But so if mm-hmm. you do get one of those, hold on to them. I was yeah. fortunate, <laughs> But there's some people who do, it's, it's very hard to find that kind of um, those kind of people. So hold on to those. Let the other ones go.
0: So I, as I've been coaching women over the years, um, I think you know as I, as I said, a lot of women get to this place where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you're really ready to make a lifestyle change. Um, some of these women you have been married, uh, and their partner is really not along for the journey. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of us uh, when we're dating, the, the dating involves food and, you know, eating out. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're going to be changing those eating habits, it's a, a really threat. It can become a threat to the, the relationship. Um, do you have any advice for for women listening who are struggling with you know, their their love relationships and are finding that their partners are sabotaging. um, And, you know, how to navigate that as they're elevating themselves and moving towards their potential, but their partner wants to kind of stay where they're at.
1: I have a lot of experience in that area because when I own Fit Meany, of course, we're working with people and we work closely with them on food, diet, exercise, and life, other life changes. So it's kind of fall into two categories. Sometimes you'll have a partner that really is deliberately trying to sabotage. They can't, they're afraid they'll, if you get better, they'll lose you. That's gonna be a problem. And you know, in that situation, uh, and I would never suggest somebody break up their marriage. I mean, that would not be, but that's something to think through carefully. If you can continue to progress, if you have a partner that really is sabotaging you. But on the other hand, because you're ready to change, it doesn't mean they're ready to change. And it's not fair. Say, well, I'm ready to change now. You change too, right? So, the, the best way you can help your partner make changes is for you to make the changes yourself and mm-hmm. let them watch you do it. So the kiss of death is to try to get them to change, right? The best thing you can do, assuming that you're married to a, a good person, not somebody who's really trying to drag you down, uh, is to just go about your business, do your thing, and let them watch you do it. They'll get on board. It took me quite a few years before my husband started working out. Once he did, he, he would have thought he invented it. <laughs> Everybody should be doing this. Uh, and I worried, but I just kept at it. Um, but it isn't our business, really, what our partner, what improvement our partner chooses to make past anything that affects us directly. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think that that as they see your energy and vitality um, increasing, the moodiness kind of dissipating, um, you know, you can you can help them make the connection that it's due to the lifestyle, you know, that you're leading and um, that it could be beneficial. You know, they could feel better too. I, I think that you're right. Just being the role model is often, you know all it takes but it, it could take a little while <laughs>
1: yes yeah, so it could take a little while it might take a few years mm-hmm. but um uh, but try but nagging um or coaxing or trying to be controlling it's not fair it's not right to do that to another person because just like you're not you're not going to quit smoking until you're ready you're not going to quit if you're an alcoholic you're not going to quit drinking until you're ready you're not going to change your life till you're ready and and when we're ready we know it right well that partner needs to the same space to find that however on the other hand i don't think we're obligated to buy them potato chips either you know or or um go out of our way to provide you know i'd be like my attitude would be like you want potato chips feel free to buy them <laughs> i won't be picking those up for you you know um we don't need to contribute to the problem either but um it's a fine you know marriage and then the other thing I was gonna say this about. Um, I have mothers quite frequently would say, I tell my daughter, my, my daughter's struggling with her weight. These would be teenage daughters. I tell her this, I tell her that. I'm like, you need to stop. I'm just tell her she's beautiful. And this would work with a partner, I think, quite a, uh, to some degree, too, that you love them just the way they are. But if it bothers them, you'll help them get help. This mm-hmm. is a much better attitude than trying to tell somebody. Nobody likes to be told whether they're a child or a spouse or a friend. We need exactly. to love them the way they are, and let them mm-hmm. give them the space to make their own changes.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to just shift um, for the, the the last time that we, the the time we have left here in our podcast together. Um, in your kind of areas of life mastery, the different chapters of your book, you, as I mentioned earlier in the the intro, you talk about you know all of these different topics um, and one being relationships, which we just covered. But I also wanted you to speak a little bit to the spiritual self. And I have a in my book, Healing PCOS, I have kind of a similar approach where I know you use kind of like a a, um, circle wheel diagram to sort of chart where you're at in your different areas. And I do this similar thing. And I talk about having a spiritual practice is... Um, And you're uh, focusing on your spirituality is part of the healing process and I just think that this is one area that is really um, underestimated when people think about healing from a um, kind of a chronic uh, health condition like PCOS, and you're going at it from a place of reaching your infinite potential. But I would love for you to just share your insights on how um, kind of having that spiritual practice has helped you and helped you mentor other people and living to their potential.
1: I, I, I made this comment to you earlier when we were chatting about Ryan Holiday. He tells he says that uh, there's people who, if you, if you were, all of a sudden your body went numb, that's what I said. If you all of a sudden your body went numb, we would rush to the doctor and find out what was wrong. But a lot of us are walking around every day spiritually numb and we're not even concerned. Um, there is a spiritual side to us. It's interesting to me, I thought that about so while back, I've worked with literally hundreds of people. And I was thinking back, I don't think I've ever worked with one. Now, I'm fairly open. That if you don't want to work on all eight areas, I'm probably not going to work with you. But even at the gym, that didn't want to work on spirituality at some level. Usually prayer, which is interesting even if they were not religious people. Um, I think we all do have a longing for that, but the, the trick is starting where you're at. And so I offer different ways to start and to maybe not be too judgmental. Religion gets a bad rap, but there's beautiful things that go on in churches. Um, I also make the point that if you, know, you don't know if there's a divine being, maybe you should ask, <laughs> pray and see if you can ask that. Or maybe it's just meditation. Uh, but we need some kind of sense of peace and dependence upon a, knowing that there's something else, some greater force at work in the world. And as we come to understand that force, I think we'll all get to the same place. We think, oh, I believe this and somebody believes this. But when we're all people who are genuinely, sincerely seeking spirituality and an understanding of the powers in the universe, I think as we reach our infinite potential, which may not be in this life, but somewhere in the whole eternity. We're all going to end up coming to the same conclusion that mm-hmm. we're not starting at the same place. So everybody starts. And I, and when I work with people, I don't say you need to do this or that. I never do that. I ask them what they want to do. They do need to work on spirituality uh, because I ask them to work on all eight areas, but it might be five minutes of quiet time, or it might be a nature walk every day. It could be whatever, but we all need to feed that part of our souls in a full happy life you just can't be complete without the spiritual side it's been often said it's commonly said and everybody's heard it but we're not um physical beings having spiritual experiences but spiritual beings having physical experiences i mean i think right.
0: that's true yeah I, I, to what, true. i'm sorry say that again sherry if
1: you sherry? believe that uh, you're eternal then it has to be true
0: yes and for me, it's helped me in my spiritual in my PCOS healing PCOS journey is the practice of gratitude and also surrender. And I don't think I could do that without, um, you know, a, a belief in, uh, you know, higher something greater than me. <laughs> um, so that has really given me a lot of. Um, healing, certainly.
1: Certainly, you know, it's been said that if there's a, uh, I think it said, Joe Dispenza that says this, but I think it's a truth and commonly repeated that that if there's a a ultimate highest virtue or emotion, it's probably gratitude, Mm. even higher than love. And that's probably true because it is a foundation for some of the other more noble uh, feelings and virtues. But I would like to say this one thing about gratitude is it's become very trendy to do um, silent gratitude things, which is good, but I think also someone once said that silent, grat- silent gratitude isn't much good to anybody. The part of gratitude is to the expression of it in both in thanking people, but also living in a, a way that expresses your gratitude for life mm-hmm. and for your life and for the things around you. And yeah, what I'm saying is it's not enough to get a cute journal and yeah, that's good, but you need, we need to actually do something that expresses gratitude.
0: Yeah, and it, I think it has to be just a focus of, of everything as you go through your day. Um, and you can kind of train your mind to focus on seeing um, the blessing in, in everything. Um, and it, it becomes more than just an afterthought.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, well, I I felt like um, like you're saying to be grateful for everything Look and looking for things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. I've had a little bit of a, I guess in a little bit of my own journey of that is a kind of the next level up is to notice those little moments of joy that you don't mm-hmm. look for. They just happen, but we just sort of have them. They're just seconds, right? A second or two of you feel joyful when the sun hits your face when you walked out the door or these little kinds of joy that we don't even hardly acknowledge where i didn't look for it it just happened and i'm finding when i recognize those little few seconds of joy somebody that made me smile just something and oh i I feel joyful right there that has been for me another layer another Mm. step up on my gratitude rather than looking just experiencing what does happen to when i do feel grateful but
0: Mm, I love that. It's, it's part of like a mindfulness practice almost.
1: Yes. yes. And I don't think I would do it if I'd not been for meditation. I don't think I'd be, I'm such a type A personality, like go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. In the last few years I've been um, meditating and it has brought me a lot of peace and joy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, 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 and and physiologically, probably your stress levels have gone down, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, so I can't even tell you. <laughs> oh gosh, I think most of us are probably type A's. It seems like I like PCOS Diva attracts a lot of type A women. <laughs> so, so that's a great tip. And you know, in the book, I mean, we're really just scratching the surface of the wisdom that you share um, in your book, Life Mastery. Can you tell us where um, we can find out more about your work? Where we can get the book?
1: The book is available on Amazon, of course. Um, so it's Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential. And it's uh, hardback and paperback. I'm just finished recording the Audible. I've done it twice. You know, I don't have the most lovely voice. <laughs> um, so I did like the first time. So I just, I just recorded it again. It should be available in about a month on Audible. And then, of course, there's an ebook on. And then on the website, lifemasteryinfo.com, you can get an autographed copy and also some of the downloads. I think the uh, toxic relationship worksheets on there, as well as the, the assessment you referred to the will where you assess your um, where you're at. That is also available as a free download at lifemasterinfo.com. And then I'm available, Sherry, at lifemasterinfo.com, of course.
0: Uh, are you on social media as well?
1: Yes, um, Facebook. I am on Instagram, but to be very honest, somebody else runs that for me. I don't, I've don't never done an Instagram post in my life. It just doesn't interest me very much. So somebody mm-hmm. does do that and they and they talk with me a lot. I have an assistant that does that for me, but I am personally on Facebook and we have a Life Mastery page as well that you can follow where there's uh, excerpts from the book, interviews. Our interview will no doubt, no doubt go on there and uh, other little bits of information on like Perfect.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll put all of that in the show notes. And I really encourage, um, you know, divas who have been on this journey and are looking to take it sort of a step further. And uh, as the, the title says, progress towards your infinite potential to definitely pick up a, a copy and to check out Sherry's work. So Sherry, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having
1: me, Amy, and good work. I love the—I love your approach to this. Um, I think you've got all the right things going on there to help people. I think I mentioned earlier my daughter has has, um, has it, and as we've worked journey with her, a lot of my clients have had it, and I think you're just totally on the right track. I love what you're doing.
0: Oh well, thank you, and and thank you all for taking the time out of your day to listen. I look forward to being with you again very soon. so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcusdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling, wishing you good health. Bye-bye.